and then like nobody calls at all because I ask a question that any NC State fan would totally know the answer to, but we're in Chapel Hill, so whatever. Hey, it's time for uh, History Matters. We've got Scott Washington here in the studio, historian extraordinaire, to catch us up on oh, what's happened this week you know, in history. Good morning. Is, well, good morning, Aaron. And this is why I love listening to this radio station, because you sit on the edge of your seat going, oh, what's it going to be? Is there an impossible? Excellent. And when it comes to even history stuff, well, that makes it just all the better. Yep. Um, well, this is a great week for, uh, as it seems every week is, uh, for good uh, history. And in some ways, what kind of pops up are ordinary people just doing things, and then suddenly history hinges uh, and changes. Um, you know, this week, we're our, our, certainly our hearts go out to the good, peaceful People of Ukraine, mm -hmm. uh, peaceful democracy, uh, and still dealing with invasion from a big country. Um, but I was thinking about how how Poland and Belarus have also been threatened about cutting off oil and gas. Right. And uh, I'm sure it's making us all in every single country going, are we vulnerable or where are our vulnerabilities? And here is something that happened in 1954 on April 25th that has a bearing on all this. Um, uh, of course, photosynthesis has been known forever, you know, that plants take sunlight and convert it into energy. So the goal was, could we do that? Is there some way that we can artificially create that? Well, there were some engineers at Bell Laboratories. One was working on how to provide a power in remote locations in the world, mm -hmm. and the other one was working on better conductivity of electricity in transistors. And uh, they were experimenting with silicon and different kind of unstable substances. And then they noticed something interesting, that it was not necessarily conducting electricity better, but when light hit it, it tended to have some reaction. The other engineer who was working on the remote location suddenly realized, wait a minute, there may be some bigger implications. Right. And on April 25th, 1954, that's when these engineers, as part of Bell Laboratory, say, hey, look, we've developed something called a solar battery. <laughs> so, nice. you know, it's, it's something that we need to keep in mind as we look at uh, the different kinds of renewable resources. We've just had Earth Day, uh, that this is important for us all. Well, we just, like earlier this week, had a couple of uh, guests on from East Chapel Hill Rotary Club, and they're working yeah. with Habitat for Humanity to install right. solar panels on all of the roofs of right. all of the new houses, because solar energy is really yes. is, is cheaper in the long run, as long as you pay the upfront cost to like right. get the equipment installed, which lower-income households can't necessarily front that upfront yeah. cost, but if someone else can do it for them, then it's a win-win all around, and all of this goes back to what happens in 1954. And so, Habitat yeah. doing that, that's a wonderful way of mm -hmm. saying this is now at a place where it is not just some some kind of dream, but it really is something that's practical yep, and we can yep. use, which is really good. Okay, well, there are some other ones. So that was just one of those kind of happenstance uh, moments. But I'm going to kind of go back to the 19th century, May 1st. Now, that's typically we say May Day. Sometimes that's an issue of distress. Uh, but uh, there's a woman born in 1830. She lives for 100 years. We would never have heard about her except in 1867, her husband and four children die of yellow fever. Mm. She's a teacher and dressmaker, and then her uh, shop burns down in the Great Fire of Chicago in 1871, and something changes in this woman's life. Her name is Mary Harris Jones. She becomes known as Mother Jones, yep. and she becomes an, a tremendous, fierce advocate for changing working conditions and improving them for uh, not only uh, uh, protesting against child labor laws, but 
conditions, working conditions for everybody, which is extraordinary how if she hadn't had those horrible circumstances change and she could have been, I think, excused saying, you should just retire and be bitter about life. Instead, she comes out of just swinging and changes the way that labor is looked at in the United States. And really remarkably for, for Mother Jones to be like such a powerful labor oh organizer, yes. to have May 1st as her birthday, because yeah. <laughs> May Day doesn't become a, a, a labor movement day no. until, what, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Right. So Mother Jones, is this has nothing to do with That's like right. it being yeah. Mother Jones. It just <laughs> no. happens to be that day. It happens, but, you know, what a good example of of something good coming out of something bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what uh, what she speaks to, and that's about resiliency. And there's another woman like this um, who was in uh, World War II, um, and uh, well, she wasn't in World War II, but rather um, her uh, she has a connection with it. Her name's Odette Sansom, and uh, she's born in 1912, um, has kids... And uh, when she's in her 20s, three kids, her husband goes off to war. And then there's a notice put out by uh, Britain saying, if you have pictures of like uh, the south of France, we'd love to see them because mm -hmm. we want to collect them. So she does, but she sends them to the wrong office who look at her and, and they said, let's call her in an interviewer. And so she's recruited as a spy. So what does she do? Now you think, okay, wait, she has three kids. She puts them into care of a convent right. and goes off. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, serving in France. And then, you know, okay, well, what happens then? Well, in 1942, she's captured mm -hmm. and put into a concentration camp. And we think, oh, that should be the end of her. But it's not, because when she was a girl, uh, she had about three and a half years when she was blind and uh, she oh my God. stricken with polio. And it's those experiences that actually make her incredibly tough. And they torture her for information. She doesn't break. She always felt like if I can survive another minute, then that's another minute of life. They will. They may take my body, but they'll never get me. Now mm -hmm. that's extraordinary. She survives a war. She gets multiple awards. They make films about her. I mean, this is wow. this is the kind of person that you want to say, "Wow!" Uh, if we ever think things are tough, you think about somebody like like that. Who did she send those pictures to? Well, it was interesting. She sent them, uh, as far as I can tell, at least from the research, uh, to the Admiralty of Britain. But it, it, that was who was, was requesting these. Mm. You know, you think, okay, uh, landings and boats. Because <laughs> no, they're, they're no, just know, looking for, like, respect. pictures of the right. French landscape uh, for Especially military along the coast. Plotting, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. But it went to the War Department instead. And when they looked at the letter and her pictures, they said, not knowing about the other, they or you know, I'm sure they said, let's bring her in. She seems to have some <laughs> skills, and well, she did. She had the right attitude and was tough as nails. Like wow, all right, that's somebody you want on your side. Ordinary person whose life would uh, not have been the same had something else happened. Which I think is kind of interesting. It's the British Photographers Brigade that uh, that made all the difference. The War Office is like, we need photographers, more photographers. Get them in here. Oh, they're well, the best spies. They're getting this. Oh, well, this would be perfect. She has the qualities we're looking for. Exactly. <laughs> That's those are the kind of interesting moments of history. There's another one um, that happens on April 26. It's a local connection. Uh, and that's when, uh, you know, Civil War, 1865, mm -hmm. looks like it's over. Lee surrenders to Grant uh, at Appomattox in Virginia on April 9th. Well, no, there are still these big 
armies out there. And uh, so uh, they come together at Bennett Place, uh, Joe Johnson and William Sherman, uh, who's the Union officer. Joe Johnson is the Confederate, and they meet. They don't come to quite terms um, because the uh, the folks up north say, no, 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 you, we're not going to return property. No, this is generous, but no, it has to be the same terms as Appomattox. April 26th is when those final terms of surrender were signed, uh, which precipitated the largest troop surrender of the Civil War, overshadowed by John Wilkes Booth being captured, caught, and killed. But you can still visit that site uh, locally here. The thing that's really interesting about that story is Joe Johnson was actually told by Jefferson Davis when the first part of that peace treaty was uh, uh, surrender terms were uh, uh, disguised or discarded. He said, um, okay, well, you escape with the cavalry uh, and let the infantry fend for themselves and we'll continue the war. And wisely, Joe Johnson said no. He Maybe didn't say not. much. Yeah. No, and he's the guy who says, I'll sign any paper you want. Right. Peacefully ends the Civil War. So, you know, that's a, that's a good good news, but it's people like this that make a difference, ordinary folks that stand up. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't note April 27th, 1994 is when South Africa had its first free election with black South Africans. I mean, this was a big day, still is, and uh, our hats are off to the folks of South Africa uh, for what they've accomplished and uh, their place in the world. Ordinary folks standing up the power of the ballot box or, more importantly, uh, just finding themselves in extraordinary times. And uh, you can, you're in extraordinary times. Anyone who's listening to this show can do something that makes history matter, too. And that is how history matters. Scott Washington, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, Harry.